Welcome to Faithbrook Church. I love that we get to worship together here on site. And those of you who are joining in online and maybe even watching later on demand, I, I love that we can worship together. Again, my name is Mike Delgallo. I serve as a Connections Pastor here on staff. Well, if you are a guest here, I especially want to welcome you. And in fact, uh, for those of you who are here on site, I want to encourage you to reach into the seat back in front of you and grab one of these blue connection cards. And if you'd be willing just to take a few moments, fill this out, and you can turn it into the offering box as you leave. You can also go to faithbrook.church forward slash guest, and you can turn in a digital connect card as well. Well, we love when guests turn in connection cards because for every connection card that gets turned in, we donate $5 to one of our local nonprofit ministry partners. And this season, we're donating to Cross Food Shelf. And this is just a small way in which we can participate in local community outreach and help bless not only the ministries, but also help be a part of blessing families who are in need this season. So we love to that you're not only here, but also that we get to participate in local outreach as well. And the second thing happens when you turn in a Connect card is I would love to personally just follow up with you and thank you for taking time this weekend and joining in with us and also for uh, being here this weekend. So I look forward to receiving your connection card, making that donation, and just saying, hey, what's up as well. Well, here at Faithbrook, our vision is to be a church who lead people into a new and thriving life in Christ. And this is uh, something that is ex uh, exceptionally prevalent even here in uh, December as well, especially as we're going through this Advent, this Christmas season, and we are celebrating the birth of Jesus. And in fact, we have a fantastic month that we're really excited about. In fact, we're starting a brand new series today called Wonder, and it's all about gaining, uh, regaining our sense of wonder. I think I think sometimes uh, as adults, we can lose our sense of awe and wonder in the Christmas season, and we can get lost in all the hustle and bustle. And so this, uh, this next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how we can regain our sense of wonder this season. Uh, also take note that we will be having a Christmas Eve service on Friday, de uh, December 24th, and that'll be at 2 and 4.30. It'll be an awesome candlelight service, so you'll be sure not to miss that. And take note also that on de uh, December 26th, we will not be having service that Sunday because of Christmas Eve service happening that Friday. So with that, uh, not only do I want to invite you all to be back uh, for this uh, next series, but I want you to also be thinking about who you can invite this Christmas season. Who is someone in your life? Who is the one person that maybe you're praying for that maybe doesn't know Jesus or maybe they have lost a sense of wonder of the Christmas season? Maybe they don't know why we celebrate Christmas. And this would be a great series to invite them into and even to uh, come and check out uh, our Christmas Eve service as well. So be praying this month about who you can invite to come check out this series. Well, without further ado, I'm going to uh, welcome out our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as he kicks off our series this morning. Well, it is Christmas time, and hopefully people are starting to get excited you know, one of the joys of Christmas is seeing little children get excited. They seem to have the wonder, uh, just to the anticipation that that special morning or that night is happening. Uh, this this 
tale of Santa Claus coming down a chimney, chimney, sorry, and uh, they can get all excited. Can, can you just see a little child like, like at a birthday party that they're sitting at the table and their, their parents are like, now sit right here. We're going to bring you a cake or there's going to be some presents or a, a special guest and, and they just can't hardly take it, right? Their little legs are just a swinging right and they're giddy and their eyes are sparkling because there's wonder. We had that privilege when our youngest son at three years old, I believe, uh, we had a birthday party for him, and his mom had a theme of Curious George. That was his favorite um, uh, cartoon at that time, and she got this idea that she was going to ask one of the men in the church to dress up like the man in the yellow hat and come to our house. Well, there he was, three-year-old, just sitting there on the sofa, getting all excited, but special guest, special guest, and his eyes were big, and sure enough, here comes the man in a yellow hat. Wow! The wonder, the sparkle, the magic, it was all there. Well, here at Faithbrook, we're just going to try to hopefully grab a hold of some of that wonder of Christmas this season. So glad that you are worshiping with us today, especially if you're watching online. I know the roads are kind of treacherous out there. So let's worship together because Christ is in the house. When was the last time you got excited about Christmas, right? And maybe had a little bit of wonder. A lot of times as adults, we kind of lose our wonder. We kind of lose our sparkle. There's a lot of things to do. We are busy. We're kind of stressed out. Sometimes in the past, you know, things just have disappointed us. There's been maybe some hurt in our life. And so before you know it, this whole uh, idea of wonder, of sparkle, just kind of fades in our life. Well, the Christmas story has elements of joy and love and peace and hope in them. It's kind of like having a, a picture, a, a puzzle that paints a, a wonderful picture. And, and then as we just let it go, those pieces just crumble into the puzzle box, just laying there. And a lot of times, that's what our wonder is, just pieces laying there in that box, not looking spectacular and, and wonderful well, is it possible that God can help us to regain our wonder? Uh, could it be that God wants to do something refreshing and new in our soul? That there is something uh, magical or sparkling in our spirit and through our countenance out there? So each week, we're going to be looking at one of the major aspects of the Christmas wonder to regain this wonder in our soul and in our spirit. Now this week, we're going to start with the aspect of hope. It's the first piece to start pulling out of that puzzle box to start uh, connecting these pieces that God would bring back the wonder in our soul and maybe several others. Now, this concept of hope <coughs> is very popular. People love hope and people try to sell hope, especially politicians, man. Every politician uh, is saying, hey, I can do it better. In fact, uh, several years ago, President Obama, that was his major campaign, uh, hope and change. And it's like, yes, this guy's going to fix all our problems. He's going to bring us all, all together. And then the next uh, candidates, they all are selling hope also. Uh, there's something um, um, about us that we, we are attracted to that. We think about, hey, what if we could win the lottery? So many people played the lottery and their hope is, man, if that, that you know, ship comes in and they just get a, a boatload of money, that's going to solve all their problems and they just hope for that. Uh, probably one of the most common ones also is the hope in a special relationship. 
Oh, I'm dreaming. I'm hoping. So I find that Mr. Right or Miss Right, it, my life will be so much better. Now, these are legit. These are a part of who we are. But maybe subconsciously, we're like these little kids swinging our legs and, and sparkle in our eyes saying, yes, could it happen? Could it happen? But I have found that a lot of times these earthly wonders a lot of times let us down, that it doesn't happen. And before we know it, our hope and our wonder starts getting displaced. It starts uh, being tampered down and shrinking. But I would submit to you that God has a greater hope for us. God has a deeper hope for us that is far more reaching. And it starts with Christ, and it starts with Christmas. Now, part of the Christmas story in this hope is found in Luke chapter 1. Luke is probably the main gospel that holds the account of the Christmas story. But right before uh, the, the passage of the, the angel and the birth of Christ, there is this story of a couple that, who is struggling with hope. So Luke writes the account like this, starting in chapter 1, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. So the picture here that he displays is this, this older couple who are very righteous. Uh, Zacharias is a a priest. He's a holy man. Uh, they have tried to follow every commandment, uh, blamelessly, falsely, and yet she's unable to uh, conceive and, and bear a child. Now, uh, th- this can be very embarrassing, especially in those ancient days. You know, there wasn't a lot of wealth around there, but man, your, your wealth is really was in your family. If you had descendants and your lineages, and, and for the Jewish family, um, the, the kids and the the, the heritage was so much a, a sign of God's favor that God has blessed you. And look, our firstborn and the, the many others, and, and you, you must be anointed and blessed by God. And here's Elizabeth and Zachariah say, who are we? Wow, we're, we, we've tried to do everything, but through the years, nothing. And the dream and the wonder started fading in their life. Have you ever struggled with hope? Have you ever had a dream or a desire out there, but it just seems like it wasn't coming through, and there was a lot of doubt, there was a lot of questions out there. We think of Elizabeth struggling with this cultural shame and not being able to bear a child. Even today, people struggle with infertility. They say in America that one out of eight couples are affected by infertility. That's almost four million people out there. It's like, why can't we get pregnant? What's going on here and struggling? Not to mention the many deal with miscarriages. It's just as common. But we don't go around and share that publicly. We don't share about that loss of that baby. But before we know it, there can be despair. There can be that loss of wonder. There can be that a lot of questions and doubt. And, and hope is like that puzzle piece. It's just kind of crumbled or shrunk and thrown into the box to say, well, we might not ever have wonder. Well, their story continued. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. 
And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembly workers were worshipers were praying outside. So this virtually left him alone. Well, something spectacular happened, and an angel showed up. Verse 11 says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. Maybe, maybe we'd be a little fearful too. But the angel said to him, now this is the same angel, Gabriel, that later on would also confront uh, Mary and share that she would be favored by God. He is now uh, communicating with Zachariah privately in the temple. Do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. His name will be John. Call him John. Well, the name John means the Lord is gracious. The Lord is gracious, and God would be gracious to this older couple of Elizabeth. After all their years of praying and wondering and, and doubting, God would give them this boy. He said, give him the name John. The Lord is gracious. Now, many of you realize that he would grow up to be John the Baptist. So Gabriel continued. Um, he went back. To, he will be back. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord for their God. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit of the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So John's mission would be to prepare the people for Jesus, the Christ, that he would be the son of God, that he is their Messiah, um, in other words, he would be the announcer or the proclaimer. We remember the incidents where John was baptized in the Jordan River. Here comes Jesus, and John stops what he's doing. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was proclaiming. He was announcing. It's not me. It's not the, the temple or the priest. It's, it's this man right here, Jesus. He is the one. Now, back in the temple, Zacharias was struggling how could this help? I, I, don't, I hadn't had much hope lately. It says, Zacharias asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in her years. Physically, logically, he's struggling. Hope was not really uh, vibrant and alive in his life. And you can't hardly blame him, right? He, he's trying to figure this out. Uh, what, what, what do you mean? We, we tried, and we prayed, and and now we're older, and some scholars say she's close to 60. How could this be? I think a lot of times we, we lose hope. We can get discouraged. We look at all the headlines and see all the complexities out there and the crime, and we're just like, wow, man, is life going to get any better? And we can easily start losing hope. Sometimes we're dealing with grief and loss. There's just sadness that constantly plagues us, and we struggle having that wonder Sometimes we're like, well, so what? It's Christmas. I'm hurting. I'm discouraged. Sometimes we have health issues, right, that, that plague us, and we're not sure what the outcome is, and they can be pretty serious, and we start losing hope. A lot of times we lose hope around our family situations, that we, we despair of, of certain kids or grandkids or, or maybe marriages. Well that, well, that spouse ever changed. Why should I even try 
Sometimes it's a financial, a job situation. We feel like we're stuck and we prayed and we doubt and we're like, Zacharias, can I be sure of this? To have this hope and this belief? But this, this hope, this wonder uh, was crumbling. But God was working in a miraculous way. And what we're going to learn is that we can regain our hope when we believe in what we don't, don't yet see. We can regain our hope when we believe in what we don't yet see. It reminds us of Hebrews 11. The writer says, now faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things yet not seen. Even though we can't see it, there is faith, there is hope. We're going to have belief. And sure enough, in this beautiful story of Luke 1, of this older couple, Hope comes alive. Christmas shows up in their life, and Elizabeth is, is with child. Now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself for five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away the reproach among people. All the wonder started coming back in her soul and her spirit and the reproach and the shame was gone she was now pregnant i'm sure there was all kinds of buzz in the in the city of oh, what's going on with elizabeth how could this be because god was working the the piece of hope was coming out of the box and being placed on that that portrait of, of the wonder of christmas god had not forgotten them god heard every one of their prayers and god was showing up and this story of Elizabeth and Zechariah directly relates to the next story of the Christmas story because Elizabeth was the, the older aunt of young Mary. Mary, who was deemed to be the mother of the Christ child. So we see later in the chapter, it says, Now Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to the city of Judea. She wanted to tell her, her aunt that she was pregnant and with the the angel told her, and she was excited. And so the scriptures tell us that, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth, I'm here. And it happened right there. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the baby started leaping in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she spoke out with a loud voice, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She knew instantly that Mary was the favored one. God was doing a divine miracle. In fact, little John that was unborn started doing his job, right? Started proclaiming and leaping and said, yes, that's the one. What's in her, her tummy, what's, what's in her is the Christ child. Let's celebrate. Man, Elizabeth couldn't help herself. She started questioning and asking, but, but why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of you greeted sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my wombs for joy, the wonder, the sparkle. These, these ladies' legs started swinging. There was clapping and glee. And, and Elizabeth said this, blessed is she who believed. In other words, blessed are you who have hope. The wonder is coming back alive, for there will be a fulfillment of those things, even though we don't see it yet, which he told her for the Lord. Here were these two mothers. One was very young and one was older, but hope came back into their life. God was doing some amazing things that they could not see beforehand, and they started regaining their sparkle. They started regaining their wonder. And we start 
remembering and realizing we regain our hope when we believe in what we don't yet see. Belief is hope, and hope comes from our faith. And we must pull that piece out of that puzzle box and ask God to help us to have hope, to bring back the wonder, to put it in place, to connect the other elements of the Christmas story and what Christmas teaches us to bring back our wonder. And part of that hope piece reminds us that God has not forgotten you. Hope says God has not forgotten you. I, I can imagine Zachariah and Elizabeth probably thought that. You know what? I, I guess God doesn't like us or doesn't value us. Other people that are working in the temple, they're, they're having kids. And that lady, she's been able to conceive. We, we haven't. And the, God must not like us or don't value us and forgotten us. It's easy to feel sorry for ourselves when we don't understand things. We can't see things. We get discouraged and our hope starts dampering and going away. But yet, God knows that we need to realize we are valuable. He hasn't forgotten this. And even Jesus tried to communicate this later in the book of Luke 12. Uh, Luke records a little discussion that Jesus was having about the value of people. He brought up little sparrows that even if a sparrow, and how many sparrows are out there in the world, he knows that. In fact, he went on and said, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. He, he sees that transaction. Even though they're not very valuable, he even knows the sparrows. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. The very hairs of your Do you know how many hairs are on your head? I, I don't have very many. I could be able to count them, maybe. But we don't. But God so intimately knows you. He knows that number, and he knows what's on your heart. He knows what you're going through. So this is what Jesus said, do not be afraid, for you are worth more than many sparrows. So many times we doubt our worth and our value, and we shrink back, and we struggle emotionally and sometimes spiritually. But God's eye is on the sparrow. It reminds me of that great song that, that was in a lot of the churches in the 70s. There was a lot of soulless that would sing this song, His Eyes on the Sparrow. And the, the verse would go like this. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely? Oh, his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he's watching me. And it would go on, and it would say, well, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he's watching me. My friends, we can be free. We can even be happy when we realize God hasn't forgotten us. And that's the hope piece. That, that brings joy in our life. That's the wonder. Yes, it might be dark. There might be sadness. But God has not forgotten us. Now, we have to either remember God's truth or we're going to uh, lean on our feelings and our situations and our emotions and say, well, maybe God hasn't, has forgotten us. But the truth of God right there in Luke 12 says, no, he's got you. If his eyes are on every sparrow that falls, he's knowing you, and you can have hope. Well, hope also says that God has a plan. God has a plan in our life. We do not always know how it works out. So for years, there was Elizabeth crying out to God, God, I don't understand. Uh, why is you able to let me be pregnant? And here I am embarrassed and people are talking about me. I don't understand. And, and she started praying this prayer about being pregnant before she even realized uh, that she would have a niece that, that would uh, be born. Her name would be Mary. But God had a plan. 
And God knew that when young Mary, who was maybe uh, 16 at the time, she was naive, scared to death. Here comes Gabriel saying, hey, you're highly favored. Guess what? This Messiah that your people have been praying about, thinking about, hoping for, you're, you're it. You're going to be the mother. And by the way, you're going, to have, you're going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit, whatever that means, right? And here she is all, right? She needed a, a confidant. She needed someone that maybe she could vent to and, and share with. And that's why we see in Luke that she made that pilgrim to see her aunt, because she heard that her aunt, after all these years, was now uh, pregnant. And maybe Aunt Elizabeth could help me because Aunt Elizabeth was like six months uh, down the journey of pregnancy. And here uh, uh, Mary was just starting. And God knew that young Mary would need her older aunt. And maybe that's why God didn't give and, and give her the child, Elizabeth, when she was younger, because in his divine plan to redeem the world, he needed uh, Elizabeth and Zachariah to trust and to wait and, and to hang in there. And God would show up just at the right time. My friends, sometimes it's hard to trust God and have hope when we can't see it. Um, I'm reminded of one of the anchor scriptures in my life, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's always been there. I love the scriptures. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now that phrase right there, do not lean on your own understanding. Now we Americans, we're built to try to control things and figure out things. And so we spend a lot of energy. I've spent a lot of energy trying to understand things. Well, why did this bad thing happen? Why isn't this happening? This timing, it should go like this. And where are you, God? And God says, that's not where I want your energy. I want your energy in trusting me. Can you have faith and hope to trust in me? And by the way, Jim, I want you to submit your ways in all. Here, here's where you need to put your energy. Trust in me, acknowledge me in all things, and just, just rely on me to make your path straight. Just trust in me. Let it go. Trust in me. Make your path straight. That doesn't mean that the path is always going to be downhill and easy. A lot of times it's uphill, but it's going to be the right way because we are, our hope is trusting God, that he has a plan in our life. Some people might be saying, well, yeah, but I've seen God not come through. I, I've, I've seen people die and, and lo loved ones who have passed away and they, they wasn't healed. And, and what happens if, if, if I die prematurely or they can't solve the situations? Is there any hope? Well, the apostle Paul would also get these questions and people were asking about, you know, what if I die? And so he addressed this situation and First Thessalonians chapter 4, when he said, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know that what will happen to believers who have died, if push comes to shove, and we die, so you will not grieve like people who have, notice, no hope. It's not a matter of, it's not, a matter of not grieving. It's that we grieve with hope. And he explains this hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life, we also believe that when Jesus returns, now right there, there's a great uh, catalyst for hope in our life, that one day he is returning. No, no matter how dark it is, it's lining up his return. And guess who he's bringing with him? God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Because those who are in Christ, 
their body physically passes, but our soul remains and our spirit will live on. And Christ says, I, I built you really not to live in this world. It's temporal. It's full of sin and disappointment and, and hurt. But when we get past the physical world, there's going to be a spiritual world with him. And we'll be clothed in heavenly garments and in his presence with him. And this is our hope. It's not that we don't miss people and we don't grieve. It's that the story is still to be written. There's a, a next story. There's the eternal story that will last forever, even maybe returning with our loved ones. And when he returns, this is that God has a plan. Now, a lot of times, this plan takes patience, and hope takes patience a lot of times. Again, this is hard for us. We, we like things fast and convenient, and let's get on with our life, and this is the way it should be. And sometimes God says, man, can you just wait? Can you just be patient with me? I'm reminded in, in Romans 8, it says, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. But who hopes for what they already have? In other words, you see that, that takes no faith, that takes no wonder, okay. But if we hope for what we do not have yet have, we wait for it patiently. So Christ is asking us to still have wonder. I'm not sure, you know, when Santa Claus is showing up or when that gift is showing up or what happens, but I'm anticipating and I have to wait. It's almost like telling your kids when they're like, hey, when is Christmas morning? When is we get to have the open presents? Just wait patiently. And that wonder can still be sparkling and hoping in our lives. It takes patience. But God has a plan, and he hasn't forgotten you. I, I've always been inspired by my oldest sister, who her and her husband um, want to have kids. And, and, of course, they were one of many who were unable to have kids. And they tried, and they prayed, and they waited, and, and nothing happened. And they kind of said, well, I guess that's not in our lot. Let's see if we can bless another child and, and adopt a little child. And they found this, this Christian agency that would kind of rescue these, these moms that found themselves uh, young and pregnant. And so they said, instead of having abortion, we'll, we'll help you um, have the babies and we'll find some Christian parents and, and help you through this, this time in your life. And, and my sister and husband was one of those parents that came and they, they adopted this precious little infant baby boy, and, and they were just so happy, and it was a celebration in our, in, in our family. It was wonderful, and they continued on, but what happened a couple months later? Several months later, my sister found herself pregnant. How did that happen? I, I, I don't know. Before they knew it, she was, having, she was giving a, a birth to a child, a baby girl, and so these two special girls, one a boy, uh, children, one uh, adopted, another biologically uh, given to them, they raised them in a beautiful way. Why? Because God had a plan, and hope was alive, and Christmas was there. And this all happens. This hope can come alive in wonderment because of Christ coming to us in the Christmas time. For God so loved the world that he knew that we needed a Savior that he sent his only son, Jesus, to be that savior. And he would be given birth in a, in a lonely manger by a virgin mother. And he would grow to be that living sacrifice on that cross for us. And he would die and as we sing. He would, he would raise in three days and he would go. And as Romans tells us, he's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us to carry on, to continue to have hope to have a wonder in our eyes and a wonder in our, in our spirits. So what do we do next? 
What do we do with this piece that's, that's laying in that puzzle box? I would suggest this Christmas, put your hope in Christ. Let the wonder come alive in your life. The Apostle Paul again encouraged this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweigh them all. So what do we do? In all the doubt and darkness and dismay, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, because that can let us down. It can hurt us. It can set us back. But on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. He's talking about the living Christ Jesus. Let's keep our eyes focused this Christmas on his hope and his love and his joy in our life. Yes, there are politicians, and we need to pay attention to, to what we vote on and who's out there. Yes. And, and yes, we need finances, and it'd be nice to have a boatload of money, right? And, and yes, relationships are vitally important. But a lot of times, those earthly hopes, they can let us down. They could just be temporal. But God says, man, keep your eyes fixed on the hope of Christ, the hope of Christmas, who will not let us down, but will carry us through. And before we know it, we can regain our hope when we believe in what we don't yet see. Now, before we go today, I just want to take a moment to address maybe someone here that's watching, maybe someone that's here in person is struggling with a lack of hope. They say, Jim, you know, back home, it's not going well. Man, I'm just so frustrated. I don't see any change. And, and it's easy to just kind of lose my wonder and belief and, and the hope of Christ. Maybe your heart's been damaged. Maybe someone let you down. And so Christmas is not always the same and there's not much um, sparkle or magic when it comes to Christmas. Maybe your, your body or someone else's loved ones, their body is ravaged by a disease or a situation in their life and we're not, just, we're not sure. And so we're, we're wavering. Maybe at work, you wonder if this is the only job and you're just always going to be stuck here. And we're just struggling emotionally. Could it be that this Christmas, every Christmas rolls around that God wants to remind us of, of the hope of Christ? Is that we just kind of need a refreshment, a replenishment of the, the beauty from the, from the lights and the trees, the snow, uh, the festivities of God is still there. He is the Emmanuel. And even though we don't understand, we don't understand the timing and we just keep praying like Elizabeth and Zacharias that God has a message for you. Don't lose hope. Take that piece out of that puzzle box and start connecting it with other God's love for you that brings joy and peace in your life. And before you know it, the wonders can start coming back in your spirit, in your soul. So before we go, we, we just want to take a minute to, to pray. So I'm going to invite everyone to stand and kind of close your eyes. We're going to pray for this hope. Because I know if, if you're breathing today, it's easy to just kind of get down, get discouraged, but we all need hope. And God's just kind of counseled me to share this message. This message might be for you, that you've been struggling with this hope. God, would you, would you grant us to bring back the wonder, to regain the hope? God, help us to believe and trust in you, even though we don't see the, the evidence yet. We don't understand how you're going to connect the dots or your timing. And Lord, you know, sometimes this world can let us down and can look so dark and difficult. 
and we lose that joy, we lose that sparkle. Our legs have stopped swinging and believing for greater things. But God, this Christmas, would you help us believe? Would help us just trust in you no matter the outcome? Because ultimately, God, you have a plan. Ultimately, God, you want us to be patient. And ultimately, God, you haven't forgotten us. And all things are possible with you. So, Father, there's someone this morning that's struggling emotionally, struggling physically. We just pray a touch, a a new start, a a healing, and just a reminder that you're not, they're not alone. You haven't forgotten them. And may hope arise and may the wonder come back in their life. And we'll pray these things in all the, in the name and the powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, thank you for tuning in in to us. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. May you have a wonderful week and uh, be safe out there on the roads. You're dismissed. God bless.